Every day is a blessing. Hallelujah. If you're wondering about the blessings of God and you're thinking that you have not been blessed by God, Bible says the name and count your blessings one by one and give glory to the Lord. Part of your blessing is you simply being alive. Part of your blessing is you living to witness a new day. Do you know how many people desire to leave? The many people that desire to be in your position where you are right now. Many people that desire to be able to breathe on their own, but they are not, they don't have the ability. They have life support. But you are here freely worth breathing. Hallelujah. It is the it is the blessing of the living God. So it means that God is not done with you yet. God has not forsaken you yet. And that there is more that God has for you. And so the Lord by his unfailing power will continue to sustain you. God by his unfailing power will continue to uphold your life and to keep you together. That it doesn't matter what the enemy will do. It doesn't matter what the enemy will plan. God still got your back. When you are falling, you are not falling. You are flat on the ground, but you are falling on a God that is ready to uphold you, ready to receive you in the perfect of his power. Hallelujah. A God that is ready to hold your hand and say to you that I am your help. Turn to me and I will help you. Come to me if you are heavy burdened and I will take your burden and give you my rest. So we bless the name of the living God, hallelujah, that God in his infinite power will continue to uphold our lives, will continue to sustain our lives, hallelujah. You know, we know that the, the enemy will try, will try as much as he can, but he can never prevail. He can never succeed. Hallelujah. The enemy will do whatever they do, but we are serving a God that never gives up on his people. And that brings us to the subject of today. That today we are going to look and see a God who is unfailing. The unfailing God. A God that can never fail you. Because it is not in his power, it is not in his nature to fail. That is such a God that we are serving. Hallelujah. So I want us to turn our Bible to the book of Psalm 13. As we take from verse 1. And in the book of Psalm 13, verse 1, it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Verse 3, consider and hear me, O Lord my God, and lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. Another translation of the scripture says that I have trusted in your unfailing love or your unfailing mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Hallelujah. Beloved, we are serving an unfailing God. A God who in his nature, there is no iota of failing. Hallelujah. God in his nature, in his capacity cannot fail. He can never fail. It's a life, life has taught us that in order for us to be able to walk with somebody, in order for us to be able to rely on somebody, we need to trust the person. Hallelujah. And for, for you to be able to trust somebody, that person that in whom you are trusting needs to have certain qualities or characteristics that makes him to become very reliable and trustworthy. 
because trust is very expensive hallelujah trust is very expensive and that you cannot simply place your trust in anybody without knowing that that person in whom you are placing your trust in is trustworthy enough is reliable enough that you can what fall on such person when you are falling the person is there to be able to uphold you and to sustain you so that you will not fall or remain on the floor hallelujah but we know that we humans it is in our nature to fail although there is some chances of trust that we place in people because we cannot walk with people without trusting them it becomes impossible for you to trust the man without to walk with the man without trusting them hallelujah so there is a form of trust that we place in people especially when we expect them to deliver their promise unto us amen you see in everything that we do in life there is trust if you're making investment you trust the company in which you are investing and we know that in life we invest in our life in every aspect of our life we do investment even in relationship you are investing do you know the person that you are entering into a relationship with in marriages there is a form of trust you cannot simply enter into marriage without trusting the person so you need to know the person you need to trust the person you need to know whether the person that you are going to form that bond with is never going to fail you or leave you along the way halfway into the marriage is the person going to give up on you is the person going to turn his or her back against you you are entering into a partnership with somebody concerning the business the company that you are opening but do you know the person that much do you know the nature and the characteristics of the person that you can fully trust the person without a person giving up on you halfway hallelujah so this makes us to understand that although we trust ourselves as men our trust in each other is not fully because within the nature of man we have there is a possibility of failing within the characteristics of men there is a possibility of fail man can fail you your spouse can fail you your business partner can fail you your own siblings can fail you the one that you relied on that you trust so much can fail you you even you yourself can fail yourself hallelujah how many of the plans have you made so far in life that none of them have come to pass how many of the plans have you made in your own life that you have failed but you kept on doing and you kept on going and kept on making the plans until you one day succeed hallelujah and so we want to place our hope we want to place our trust in something that is unbreakable in something that is unchanging in something that is unfailing and only god offered this hallelujah you see if you are looking for someone who is unbreakable someone who is unchanging who is unfailing the only person that you can turn to is god hallelujah the only person that you can turn to beloved is god because god is the one who is unfailing god is the one who is unbreakable god is the one who is unchanging god can never change bible said that he is the same yesterday today and forever he does not change he does not fail he does not break hallelujah do you know that if man promises you and gives you all the promises of the world the promise of that man can be broken because man have in their possession or in their nature that we can change our mind at all times 
Bible said that God is a God who does not repent. He repentance means that he does not have a change of mind. He does not simply change his mind concerning that which he has promised you. Hallelujah. God can change his mind on the punishment that he's bringing on you, but on the blessings of the promise, his love concerning your life, he does not and he can never change his mind concerning that. Hallelujah. But we men, sometimes due to the things that we go through, due to the things that we face in life, because of our understanding of the nature of man, we think that the nature of God is the same as the nature of man. So as we walk with God, we treat God as our fellow men. We treat God as our fellow what? Spouses and, and business partners because they fail us and because we fail ourselves, we think that as we walk with God, God can also fail us along the way. And so sometimes when we go through life and things happen, life changes, circumstances happen, we begin to doubt the ability of God, the power of God. We begin to doubt the nature of God. We begin to doubt God himself. Failing to realize that God is unchanging. He does not change. He is still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So this scripture that we just read, Psalm 13, it speaks about David. As David was throughout placing his trust in the salvation of the Lord. So here we see that from verse 1, David is pouring out his frustration. David is pouring out himself in prayer unto God. You see, this tells us that whatever that we go through in life, there is a God that hears. There is a God that sees. There is a God that is willing to know what you are going through. Hallelujah. There is a God, a willing God, that is willing to hear you out, willing to hear what you are going through, willing to hear what you have to say. God is not a God that gets frustrated about your constant complaint to him. God is not a God that gets frustrated because of your continual coming into his presence to make an appeal unto him. Hallelujah to pour and to make your supplication unto him because he is the one that gives and extends the invitation that we should come to him with prayer and supplication. We should make all our needs and our prayer known unto him and he, by his riches and glory in the Lord Jesus Christ, will fulfill everything that we have and that we need unto us. Hallelujah. So there is an invitation that has been extended unto you that come unto him. And so this portion of the scripture, Psalm 13, as David is crying unto God, as David is praying unto God, it is a reminder that you are serving an unfit God who is willing and is ready to hear you out. Hallelujah. So what is it that you are going through in life? What is it that you are facing? Sometimes the situation that you are facing, the problem that you are facing can become so unbearable to the point whereby you can lose your trust and your hope. You're confident in God. God is telling you, come to me. Hallelujah. When life fails you, come to me. When men fail you, come to me. When you yourself fail yourself, come to me. When everything and everyone have, have given up on you, come to me. Because God is not a God that forsakes. God is not a God that leaves. God is not a God that fails. Sometimes what we go through in life might seem that God has forgotten about us. So David said, he said, how long, oh Lord, will you forget about me? He said, how long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Listen to what David is saying. So David has a concern about his problem. He has a concern about what he is going through. He knows that God is God. God is the one that has called him. God is the one that has anointed him. Yet David is going through something. Regardless of the anointing, regardless of the, the presence of God in his life, he is facing something in his life. 
David cannot understand. Why am I facing what I am facing? Why am I going through what I am going through? If God is God is in my life, if God is on my side, why am I facing what I am facing? So he has concluded that the only reason why he's going through what he's going through is that God has forgotten about him. So he asked God, Oh, how long ago, Lord, will you forget me forever? Because he thinks if God is still in his life and God still remembers him and God still thinks about him, that there is no reason why God should let him go through what he's going through. So this is the conclusion of David. And do you know that we are not far from David? Most of the time, we also draw that conclusion. We also come to that, that point in our life whereby we think that because of what we are going through, God has given up on us. God has forgotten about us. And so we cry to him. But it's not everybody that is like David. Hallelujah. You see, it is not wrong to pour your frustration on God. What is wrong is you giving up on God. Listen to this. It is not wrong to make God know your concern and your frustration. It is not wrong for you to make God know your misunderstanding of his position in your life. What is wrong is you giving up on God. Because there are a lot of people that because they have gotten to the same place that David found himself, where they were struggling, where they were very sorrowful, hallelujah, David said, he said, how long, oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? You are the one that nothing escapes your sight. You said that your eyes search you throughout the world or the earth. So you are the one that sees everything. But David is asking the question, how long will you hide your face from me? So it means that how long will you turn your back against me? It is just like when the same thing that Jesus said, when the hour came, hallelujah, where he asked the question, oh my God, my God, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Because we have a tendency as human beings that even Jesus himself, when he became a man, hallelujah, when Jesus became a man, because it is within the nature of man to feel that way, and to think that way, that is why I'm saying that it is not wrong for you to pour out your frustration. But what is wrong is for you to draw a conclusion and to turn your back on God and to forsake God and turn away from Him. God is ready with His arms stretched out to embrace you when you are found in such position. So even Jesus is asked, He said, My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus felt forsaken on the cross. When he was in sorrow, when he was in pain, he felt forsaken. But look at the end. At the end, he still acknowledged that although he felt forsaken, he felt neglected. Hallelujah. But his feelings and his, his emotions was not the result that he expected or thought about. Hallelujah. What you feel does not mean that God has forsaken you. The fact that you feel forsaken does not mean that he has forsaken you. The fact that you feel neglected by God does not mean that he has neglected you. It is just your feeling. That is why we don't walk with God by sight or according to the flesh. That is why God calls us to walk and live our life according to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Because our emotion is never right. That is why He wants us to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, walk according to the Spirit. So here David is crying out to God because he feels forgotten. He feels forsaken. He feels that God has turned his back on him. He feels that while he go, he, while he's going through God has decided and has chosen to look away from his situation. Sometimes you might feel that what you are going through 
that God has simply decided to look away. Because the painful thing in life is when you are going through something and you know that people are seeing, the person that you trust in is seeing what you're going through, but then you feel that the person has chosen to look away and you feel that yes, they have done so. It's very painful. I am here to assure you that God never looks away. Even when Jesus felt on the cross that he was forsaken by God, that God has what turned his face away from him. Because at that time he felt separated from God because Jesus had never felt that feeling before. That feeling of separation from God, he has never felt that before. From ages and from the beginning of the world or from the beginning of creation, Jesus has what spent and he had that bond with the Lord Jesus, with the Lord God. Never in his life felt that separation. Hallelujah. We know that David, before his encounter with the anointing, spent his life in the desert. So there we, we could see that David on the desert, he was going through a lot. He was facing a lot of things. He was facing a lot of challenges. But in all these, he saw the face of God. In all these, he saw the glory of God. Now he has the anointing. Now he has been chosen. He has been made a king of Israel. He seen more of the glory and more of the power of God as the anointed, meaning the chosen king of God. Now, he found himself going through sorrow and pain going through unbearable situations circumstances in his life and now he feels that even the desert was better he felt where he was before the encounter with the anointing was better and sometimes we feel the past is better we feel that before we encounter with god was better you do know that many people feel that before they came to christ their life was better because of the challenges that they are facing when they became Christians. Hallelujah. He said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily. So on a daily basis, David was sorrowful. He was in much sorrow. He said, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? Because at that time he has felt, he felt that his enemy were lifted above him, that they were rejoicing over him. Hallelujah. That is his feeling. That is how he felt. He felt that the enemy had prevailed over him. He felt that they have succeeded in their plans, in the agenda over him. He felt that the expectations of the enemies have finally come to pass in his life. And that is as a result because God has forgotten about him. That is as a result because God has forsaken him and turned his face away from him. And sometimes we blame God and we judge God because of what we go through. We blame God and we judge God because we think that the only reason why we are going through what we are going through and the only reason why the enemy prevails over our life is because God has forsaken or forgotten about us. failing to understand that God does not. But the only reason why he allows you to go through what you are going through, beloved, it is what is said in his word. That God does not allow anything that is unbearable to come upon you. Anything that God knows that you cannot bear. Anything that God knows that you cannot bear it. He does not allow it to come upon you. So in other words, what you are going through, God allows it because you are in the position. Because God is the one that placed you there. He has placed you in a place of power. He has placed you in a place of authority. He has placed you in a place or in a position of a dominion. Hallelujah. And so when God allows it, it is simply because he wants you to be sharpened. Hallelujah. How can you grow if you are not challenged? How can you grow in the faith if that faith is not challenged? Hallelujah. 
as a student for you to prove that you are knowledgeable about the subject that you are taught at the end you get challenged you get tested the testing is not to make you fail hallelujah the testing is to prove that you are ready that you have you are fully knowledgeable about the course or about the subject so you get tested so you have faith you proclaim that you trust god you have faith in him you are confident in god so a storm will come an obstacle will be raised by the enemy god will allow it yes the storm will come god would allow it yes the challenges will come god will allow it yes why he allows it to test you for you to prove to yourself not to god but to yourself that yes you are ready you are ready to face the world you are ready to face the enemy he allows it for you to be tested so that through that testing you can also have a testimony because there can never be a testimony without a test and that is why god allows you to be tested because you want to give you a testimony a testimony is given to you by god so that you can use it and run your life you can use it as the foundation to live your life you can build on that testimony because a testimony is there for you to acknowledge god for future problems and obstacles in life hallelujah that is why in scripture all the things that all these men of god went through they are left for us as a testimony why because they are there that these are the challenges that these men face these are the challenges that these women face in the scriptures but at the end of the day they were able to come out they were able to uh, they became victorious so these are a testimony unto us praise god so the testimony is to give us encouragement you see after you have been tested and you have been given a testimony that testimony that you've been given that testimony that you've been given that you have has a way to give you boldness in life praise god that testimony has a way to give you to make you become bold in life so that nothing in life will terrify you nothing in life will make you afraid how can you become courageous in life it is through the testing of your faith it is through the testing of your faith that is what god allows it so david has been anointed how can david be the king that he needs to be if god does not allow him to be tested because it is through the testing of his life that david would learn to do what to be able to depend and to rely more on god the testing of our faith and the storms of life are not there for us to forsake god and to turn our back on god but they are there for us to be able to draw more closer onto god because it is through the storms it is through the testing that god embraces and god makes us to understand that he's ready to embrace us and it is through these that our eyes need to be open that hey now is the time for us to run to god now david has been appointed as a king he has been anointed but the nation is a great nation that he has been chosen to lead and david needs to be made ready and so god who is sovereign god who is a loving god and unfailing god because God is love and is unfailing in his love and mercy God is also a parent you see as parents in as much as you love your child you also learn that certain things that you have to allow your children to go through so that they will learn life lessons so that you will not spoil them 
Hallelujah. Most of the times you will say, no, no, don't do this. Don't touch this. Don't go through this. Don't go to this, to this place. But sometimes the way for your child to learn is when you allow them and stay back and see what they are going to do. Let them carry on the challenge by themselves at times. Let them take the steps at times. You see, when your child is learning to walk, initially you hold their hands. You support them. But you cannot do that forever because if you do that, your child will always be afraid to walk by themselves. Hallelujah. So a child that is learning, you give them something as a support to learn, to teach them, for them to learn how to walk. But as they are doing it, you take that support from them. And now you stay in a distance and you call them to come unto you. As you are calling them, you are telling them that my presence is here. I am here. I am going to catch you if you are falling. Hallelujah. And as you stay in a distance, you are calling them. You are smiling. You are cheering them on. And then the child will begin to rise. They will stay. The child will begin to heal. The, ch the child will stay on his feet. Begin to take steps. They will fall. They will take steps. They will fall. But in all, you are not running to take the child and put the child on their feet. But you allow the child to walk by himself or herself. And you keep on cheering. That is what God is doing. God behind the scene is cheering you out. But though the child at the moment might feel, it's my mother, my father, allow me to do this alone. I thought you were going to hold my hands. But then within you are like, no, my child. Mommy, daddy is not always going to be here to always hold your hands. You have to learn how to walk on your own. Because in this life, you have to learn how to survive on your own. Praise God. But even as you are walking on your own, you can always trust in me and depend and rely on me because I am here to back you up. I am here to catch you if you are going to fall. So you cheer them up. And then the child will begin to walk towards you. But many Christians, God is cheering us. God is standing right in front of us, but in a distance. And he's calling upon us, come unto me, my child. The word that Jesus said, he said, let anyone who is heavy burden or laden, he said, come unto me. That is a father staying in a distance and calling upon his child to come unto him. But many Christians will say, no, I cannot take the step. I cannot come. God knows that you cannot walk, but yet he's saying that rise and come unto me. Only if you are able to make the step and come, then you will have rest. So the rest is there. It is a matter for you taking the steps. That is where we fall short. Because many people are not making and taking the steps of faith. They are so afraid to even take the step and walk towards God. So what do they do? They give up. They throw in the towel. They turn their back on God. And they renounce their faith. So in their testing that they have the ability, the, the power and the potential to deal with it, they failed. So did God fail them? No. Did God forsake them? No. Did God turn their, his face away from them? No. God was still in their life, but they failed to realize and to experience. They failed to see his presence in their life. So now David is at, at a point in his life where he was failing to see the presence of God in his life. He was failing to see the plan of God for his life. He was failing to see what God was doing behind the scene for his life. He was failing to see that God was, was preparing him. It is okay. But now David is coming back on track. Verse 3, he said, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Although he feels forgotten, he feels forsaken, he feels neglected, but he's, he still acknowledges God as his God. Hallelujah. 
although he feels God has forsaken him and feel that he has been neglected by God, but he is not going to give up on God. David is ready and he is up to the challenge. Although I am not seeing your face, although I am not feeling your presence, but I am not moving away from you. I am staying right here until I see you in my life and I see you in my situation because I know that you are unfailing God and that you will come through for me. Hallelujah. So he said, consider and hear me, oh Lord my God. I feel forgotten, but I will still cry to you. What, what is that telling you? That David is acknowledging that God is a trustworthy God. God is a reliable God. God is a dependable God. That he can depend on God and God will not fail him. What he is feeling is, is, is simply an emotion. Hallelujah. Emotion that arose out of his what? Sorrow and his pain. Praise God. So David is not being haste to draw a conclusion. But we sometimes are, we are very in a haste to draw a conclusion and to make up our minds. Not to turn to God, but to turn away from him. But David is saying, he doesn't have the strength. He's sorrowful, but yes, he is praying to God. He's not seeing God showing up for him, but yes, so he's crying and he's pushing through prayer. That is why we are to pray without ceasing. Pray no matter what you are going through. Pray even when you don't feel like praying, because I tell you the truth, sometimes life will take all the strength away from you. That sometimes within your mind, you will not even feel like praying. But at that point, that is when you have to pray. When you feel that everything is against you, that nothing is working, that you don't have the strength, the appetite to pray, that is when you have to pray. And that is what David is doing. He said, consider me and hear me, O Lord my God. He said, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. After David poured his frustration on God, now he has come to himself and he's actually praying about the exact thing that he's facing. Hallelujah. He is now praying to the God who is unfailing in his power. He is now praying to the God who is unfailing in his love and mercy. Because God, in his power, his power is unlimited. Hallelujah. His power is unbreakable. So now David is acknowledging that. So he's saying, God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Because you know that he's at the point of death. Why? Because his life is in danger that he's being sought after to be killed by his enemies. They are seeking his life. They are seeking to terminate his life. Bible said that the devil, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So there are a lot of things that are being killed, being destroyed, being stolen out of your life. Turn to God and pray about it. Turn to God and pray about them and God will show up for you. David is praying about his situation. Pray about yours. He poured out his frustration, but now he's letting God know about what he's going through and what he needs. So he has entered into the throne room of grace where there is help in times of need. That is what David acknowledged. That is why I love David. He does not just talk the talk. When he said that your word has become a lamp unto my feet. 
and that your word he has stored in his heart what he meant is that he has become one with the word that in times in 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 in, in the season where he feel forsaken he can be encouraged by the word that is stored up in his heart david does not wait for men to come and encourage him and to uplift him the word that is in his heart is enough to uplift him in the spirit hallelujah and he's able to carry himself up and go into the throne room of grace because he knows that there is hope in times of need in that room he said unless my enemies say i have prevailed against him let those who trouble me rejoice when i am moved now david is telling god you are my god in you i trust if you don't do anything my enemies are going to feel that they have prevailed over me but you are the god that promises that the enemy can never prevail over me that although a thousand shall fall at my side ten thousand at my right hand only with my eyes i shall behold but they shall never come near me this is your promise but now if nothing is done by my situation your word will fail your word will fail god and they will feel that they have prevailed and if they do what will be of your promise so david is also throwing a challenge to god to the unfailing god the unchangeable god the unbreakable god let those who trouble me rejoice when i am moved so david is saying that if i am killed if i am terminated if i am destroyed if that the enemy prevails over my life they will rejoice over me when i am moved they will rejoice but god is the one that says that he will never allow the enemy to rejoice over you but rather you will rejoice over the enemies and now comes verse 5 david said but after david had made his concern and poured out his frustration after david made god to know that all that he's feeling all his emotions david is saying that this is what i am feeling this is what i'm going through i am very sorrowful. i am in pain i am afraid of dying because the enemies are at my door they are ready with the sword drawn out with their spear drawn out they are ready to kill they are ready to kill they are ready to destroy they are ready to have my life so i am afraid i feel forsaken i feel forgotten i feel neglected i feel that your face is turned away from me i am in a place where i feel that i am all by myself i am in a place where i feel that i don't have help anymore i am in a place where i feel that i can never break out of this chain and of this bondage hallelujah i am in a place where i don't know when i am going to be brought out of this problem but david said but so in all that i am going through there is a but so david said these are my emotions these are my feelings but i have trusted in your mercy Although I feel forsaken by you, I feel forgotten by you. Although I feel that you have taken your hand off my life, yet I trust in your mercy. Another word say that I trust in your unfailing love. What makes God unfailing is because his love is unfailing. Bible says that love never fails. And that is what God, who is love, can never fail. His love towards you can never fail. God can never take his love from you. He can never stop loving you. And if God can never stop loving you, he can never fail you. Do you know that even in your sin, he loved you and came after you to save you? What makes you think? That now that you have been saved by him, now that you have been chosen and anointed by him, now that you have become a part of him, what makes you think that he will forsake you? 
What makes you think that he forgot about you? In your sin, God came after you. In your sin, he availed himself and died for you. Do you think that his death, the pain that he went through for you, will be in vain as his child? No. The blood of Jesus Christ on your life will never be in vain. That is what that blood always speaks. And that is always, and it's a constant reminder unto God that this child, you can never fail him. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus is a constant reminder unto God that he can never fail you because of the blood that was spilled on the cross at Calvary. Because of that blood. And right now, Bible says that the blood always speaks on your behalf. That blood always speaks. So it, there is an, a constant reminder the blood of Jesus represents every person that has been saved by Jesus. So within that blood, you are found. You are found. So David said, I have trusted in your mercy. He said, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Now David is putting his emotion away. He's putting everything aside. So he said, all that I am going through, I still trust in you. I can never trust anybody, not even myself. So David is acknowledging that he cannot even trust himself, nor can he even trust in his own emotion and feelings. Hallelujah. He's not even trusting in himself. He's not trusting in his own feelings and his emotions. So you know that he's feeling he acknowledged the feeling, but he sees them to be nothing. So you know this, he's, he has chosen and decided to still trust in the unfailing mercy and love of God. To still rejoice in the salvation of God. Although he is not seeing the salvation of God, but yes, he rejoices in it. That is powerful. Here is a man who is complaining to God that he feels forsaken. He feels that he has been... God has given up on him. But in that feeling, he still rejoices in the salvation of God. A man who is not seeing the salvation of God is still rejoicing in his salvation. What is that telling you? David is saying that what he's going through is temporal. Hallelujah. It is seasonal. What he's going through is a season. That is why he said, weeping may endure but for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That is a quote for you. Weeping may endure but for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That it doesn't matter what you are going through. A day is coming where you are going to rejoice. So it means that you will never weep nor mourn forever. There can be a season of weeping and mourning. But that season will pass. No season is what? Is permanent. So a season of weeping and mourning, a season of sorrow and pain will come to pass in your life. And a new season will come where you begin to rejoice. So David is seeing that season, although he is not in it yet, but he's seeing it and he's rejoicing in it. So David is praising his way through his problem. He's praising and worshiping his way through his circumstances. He's worshiping and praising his way through his breakthrough and his deliverance. But he says, I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. You will think that this is a present statement because of the way it is worded. But that is to concerning the future. Because he had dealt bountifully with me. At the time David was saying this, that hadn't been done. Hallelujah. 
that is what bible says speak it out speak it into existence although it is not there speak it david feels forsaken forgotten neglected he's not seeing the face of god he's not seeing the salvation of god but he's rejoicing the salvation of god he's trusting in the mercy of god in the love of god he's trusting in the unfailing god he has acknowledging god that god is unfailing that is just a mere feeling and he said i will sing to you because you have dealt bountifully with me david is saying that although i am going through this but you god you have done it already david here is a spiritual person because he acknowledged that everything before it manifests in the physical it is done already in the spirit so physically he's going through this but he knows that spiritually god have done it already so here's my challenge to you change your perspective about what you're going through have a different mindset about what you face in life the moment you face something know that in the spirit it has already been done the moment the devil does something in the spirit against you know that in the spirit God has done it already also for you this is the acknowledgement of David because you have dealt bountifully with me it is in the spirit and he knows that yes the unfailing God his word is also unfailing his doings are also unfailing that God he has done it in the spirit it will manifest in the physical hallelujah so will it be for you that God will deal bountifully with you matter of fact God has dealt with you bountifully. And I pray that just like David, that you will have a different and a brand new perspective and a mindset about what you face and go through in life. That in all things, you will see the glory of God. You will see the face of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.